0: The top of Pride Rock, it's the IGN DigiGods. Please welcome two men who will eat your brains and gain your knowledge Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Yeah, here we are. Bob, who done wrote it? Benjamin Lactic. Lat, 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 somebody. Thanks, Bob.
1: <laughs> Bob gets confused. Some <laughs> of those harder names, Bob just can't wrap his head around.
0: Yeah, true. Well, anyway, uh, Charlie Sheen is still self-destructing and uh, doing weird things on the internet, and we are back with more fun in the sun.
1: I know, poor Charlie. I know. You know, it's funny too because. Somehow, there, there's, we were talking about this earlier. There's two types of people. One who, uh, there's the type of person who thinks that Charlie is just sick and everything he says is just a symptom of whatever's wrong with him. Yes. And the, 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 then there's other people who think that he's is completely sane, but obviously brilliant. I mean, he's obviously different from us, more brilliant, more, more incredible than you, the rest of us.
0: You know, if, if those who think the latter part, um, being as I actually did grow up with Charlie a little bit, uh, I can tell you, if he became that brilliant, it happened just with basically since he started smoking crack. And somehow, medical science, I don't think validates that.
1: I uh, so. I'm just surprised that you think that uh, Charlie Sheen smokes crack.
0: He admitted it. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was banging eight gram, eight gram rocks,
0: seven grams. He don't was... don't make him don't make him uh, hipper than he was or is <laughs> or would be or would be or blimmins Well, anyway, what do we have going on in the wonderful world? You know, know, interesting news. We mentioned some of this on uh, Stupid for Movies. Warner Brothers now making movies available on Facebook for Facebook credits, which I still don't understand. I I don't really get that. Those are like like tokens in an arcade. Is that what a Facebook credit is? Uh,
1: You know what? I swear I never heard of Facebook credits. It's the
0: most bizarre thing ever. And then on top of that, we have Sony with this ridiculous app that shows you clips from movies. And uh, it's just an ongoing weird sequence of strange moves by studios to try— Try and somehow squeeze even more pennies out of their libraries in the most uh, exploitative, undignified ways. I'm just kind of amazed.
1: That is true. You know what? Uh, you know, it's all part of what we've been talking about, where the studios are. It's like what the record companies did about seven, eight years ago. They're scrambling.
0: They're totally they don't know scrambling. what
1: to do. They're in a bit of a panic. They're trying to figure it out. They're coming up with all these ideas to try to monetize what they have, and they're just scrambling and for And in ideas. the process,
0: they're devaluing their libraries. They're, de- they're them devaluing sure. them. They're de- what needs to happen, frankly, and I know nobody wants to admit this, but uh, you know, there comes a time where certain business models don't work anymore, and certain businesses just go out of business, like Blockbuster, because what you do is no longer needed. And in some cases, uh, th- the economics just change. And I think the, the, the giant corporations that own the studios... They need to acclimate themselves to the idea that the studios and their libraries are simply not as valuable a commodity any longer as they always hoped they would be. They always hoped that these would be these giant engines of product that would just drive billions and billions into their pockets and drive all these. And I think they need to just give up on the idea. Movies are, are now not the preeminent form of American uh, free time. Well, there are that, lots of other things to do and you need to just accept that it's it is a thing that people will do in their free time but not the thing that people will do in their free time.
1: Well, that's true, but I'll say this that a lot of these studios feel like they're making hundreds of millions of dollars by selling just bulk movies to Netflix and some of these uh, yeah, streaming that, services.
0: You know, the the reason Redbox What everybody forgets is that the studios originally survived for decades and decades when there was no streaming there was no dvd there wasn't any television to speak of certainly not a television market for movies uh they they thrived because the movies made their money in theaters in first run and maybe a little bit occasionally in re-release and then they did it all over again and they weren't corporate owned they didn't they weren't worried about quarterly earnings and reporting they just chugged along because they had really smart guys running them and good people making movies for them and I don't know why you can't sort of go back to that business model. It's not, you know, it, 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 you're not going to have $200 million tent poles, but you're going to have good movies and people will go see them and just go back to the way things were.
1: That's the way you are, you are clinging to a dream. I know. It's not going to happen. I'm a dreamer. You know what? Especially because a lot of these studios are not run by creative types, they're run by corporate Bingo. types. Bingo. Maybe they're run by agents, former Bingo. agents.
0: And they at people. It differently. Yeah. Marketing people, and they're all wrong, and I'm right. You it's need, that simple. You need to run a studio. I do. I'd happily run a studio.
1: Now, if you ran a studio, would you greenlight Elephant White starring Diamond Hanju and Kevin Bacon?
0: I don't even know what that is.
1: Uh, it's some crappy movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Or how about this? Would you have greenlit Sacrifice starring uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Christian Slater? No. Now, Cuba Gooding Jr. Christian Slater, that you put those together— That's like.
0: That's like. uh, uh, If it was
1: 1992, that'd be a rockin' movie. (laughs) Now it's just. Well, let's get into some DVDs. DVDs, We got got DVDs to talk about.
0: Um, You know, right off the bat, this isn't a DVD, but I want to make mention of this because they sent us. Every time, once in a while, we'll get a book. I know what you're saying. A book? What's a book? It's like a Kindle, except it doesn't run out of battery power. And you can only uh, have one at a time. Nat Sigaloff, uh wrote a biography of Arthur Penn, to whom the Los Angeles film critics gave a career achievement award some years ago before he passed away. Uh, this is Arthur Penn, American director, with a foreword by Jonathan Demme. And uh, it's really good. Arthur Penn is one of those directors who just, uh, even though everybody knows he was great, and he made a ton of great films, including Bonnie and Clyde, He just uh, never kind of got the recognition that he deserved at that upper echelon of a period when you had people like Mike Nichols and Norman Jewison and Sidney Lumet. And these guys were, I mean, these guys all kind of came of age around the same time, and, and many of them became giants. And Arthur Penn kind of never really got the same recognition, but he deserves it. And uh, this is a terrific book. It's really, really good. I am uh, still working my way through it, but it's really good so far. And uh, definitely should check this out. Nat Segalov's book, Arthur Penn, American Director. It's really good.
1: Uh, You're right. Arthur Penn, by the way, has a very famous uh, son, Sean Penn.
0: (laughs) Not true. Different director, Penn. That's Leo Penn. Just kidding. That's Leo Penn.
1: Just kidding.
0: Yeah, Leo, parent, father of uh, Sean and Chris and uh, Michael
1: that is true and Michael Penn boy that guy is talented and you know what and then he yeah. he, he made a couple albums actually I have them yeah. and then he just disappeared
0: he scored a film too didn't he, he did yeah.
1: he did but yeah. uh, I really wish his uh, recording career would have uh, yeah. s- uh, sustained it did well, not
0: well let's let's kick off some DVDs here I want to also make mention uh, there are a bunch of titles here from this line and they uh, we need to really catch up on this because some of these were released a while back but New Video uh, is releasing a lot of these Tribeca film titles now Tribeca Film is a really interesting – it's a really interesting endeavor because what it's doing is it's taking a lot of films that are shown at the Tribeca Film Festival that don't have distribution and it's putting them out directly to DVD but with the Tribeca Film moniker. So they're not making it to theaters but they're getting exposure with a a, kind of a prestigious moniker that says – These films were uh, respected enough to make it to the Tribeca Film Festival. So it's an interesting collection if you obviously don't have the money to go to New York uh, for the Tribeca Film Festival. They they enable you to bring these films home to you. And the first one here is The Immaculate Conception of Little Dizzy, uh, which has next to no bonus features. is an interview with the director and some deleted scenes. Um, but, uh, a very interesting and creative, uh, film. The kind of, you know, these are, these are sort of films that like, they're, they're independent films that would never make it to Sundance, but would have deserved to. They just sort of don't fit the Sundance profile.
1: Well, but also, you know, uh, these are distribution models yeah. that don't depend on theatrical release mm-hmm. and it gets it out there. Yep. Otherwise the immaculate conception of a little, uh, Dizzle, whatever it's called. A little Dizzy. Little Dizzy. Uh, it would have just, uh, gathered dust somewhere.
0: Yep. Well, this is about a computer programmer who uh, decides to be a... He he takes an odd job, actually, to make a little bit of extra cash as uh, kind of a a lab rat uh, of sorts. And um, it has something to do with cookies. And Mark, being a cookie fan... You know, I don't know. I've been known
1: to eat the occasional cookie.
0: Would you be elaborate to eat uh, odd hallucinatory cookies? Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: I was in Amsterdam. Well,
0: uh, very interesting film. Kind of an allegory about our modern world in some respects. Wait, it's gory? No. No, 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 not that kind of of gory. And then the very, very cute uh, movie, My Last Five Girlfriends, which is actually based on a novel called On Love. Now, I never heard of On Love. Apparently, it's relatively popular. Uh, this was written and directed by Julian Kemp, and uh, it's, the, the, it's based on that novel On Love by this guy named Alain de Botton, which might be a French novel. Again, I haven't heard of it. But uh, it's one of these movies that just makes a lot of interesting observations about love and uh, relationships, and I, you think, oh, great, just what I need, another movie about a guy who you know can't get a girl, can't get laid, can't, can't find love. Um, but you know what? This actually has a, a, a sweet cast, uh, interesting actors who will all show up in better things, and it's, uh, I would recommend that also. Uh, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll is also recommended. This has uh, some more recognizable names in it, like Andy Circus and Ray Winstone and Olivia Williams. Uh, love Ray Winstone and uh, particularly love him in this. Now, Andy Circus you may know, of course, is, the, uh, is basically Gollum. Uh, they borrowed Andy Sir- Andy Circus.
1: And King Kong.
0: And King Kong. But he performed Gollum, and he's the voice of Gollum, and they modeled the face of Gollum on him. He's also the voice of
1: King Kong. Hey, hey, I'm King Kong. What's going on, buddy?
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, anyway, this is the story of Ian Dury, who uh, is better known as the punk rocker Ian Dury and the Blockheads, front man for Ian Dury and the Blockheads. And, uh, you know, the uh, it, it really not my kind of film necessarily, but uh, it's, it's a nice companion piece to things like, um, oh, uh, Sid and Nancy and, you know, some of the, a lot of those rock biopic things. Um, interesting life. And Andy Circus knocks it out of the park. Absolutely terrific. Matt Whitecross, who previously did uh, The Road to Guantanamo, uh, really nails it here too. Very, very good. Um. The uh, let's see. Got three more here. The Trotsky is directed by Jacob Tierney, and uh, you know, again, not my kind of humor necessarily. But I'm sure a lot of people will uh, will vibe to it. It's this is a very particular kind of independent film humor, and um, oh, how would we put this? It's one of those. It's one of those. One of those. Yes. You know one of those movies about people who just don't fit in the world, Mark kind of like you.
1: Exactly. I, I'm yeah. really starting to wonder actually.
0: Yeah. Well, well anyway, it's uh Saul Rubinek is uh is very very good in this and uh, Colm Fior is very good. Uh but it's 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 one of those odd kind of inverted coming of age um nerd movies, and Jay Barrakel is kind of my problem with it. He's... Uh,
1: I liked him. He was a great voice in How to Train Your Dragon.
0: Yeah, he, he kind of annoys me, and his voice in that movie annoys me, and maybe that's what annoys me about him here. It's why I like the supporting cast of this thing a lot better, but he's... Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of like it wants to be a Woody Allen movie, but it isn't. I don't know. Uh, road movie. Now, this is not road movie. This is road, comma... Movie. I don't get it. Yeah, I know. Well, Road, Movie is an Indian film. Uh, so, you know, Tribeca Film does not release exclusively American independence. This is Hindi language. And uh, actually a very, very uh, a sweet kind of a road trip. Uh, not a musical, you know. People think Hindi films are all musicals. No, not in this case. This is uh, about a kid who just doesn't want to be a part of uh, the family business. And... Um, he, uh, he capitalizes on the chance to uh, take this old antri- antique truck on a road trip to the desert, or you know, through the desert, to the uh, museum where it's supposed to be stored. You know, it's, like a, it's a classic. And um, it's very interesting. It's uh, not the usual kind of an Indian film, and the, uh, the characters are really cool, and it's well-written. And uh, this guy, Dev Benegal who wrote and directed it, uh, really has a a nice visual flair. It's uh, it's a very, very sweet film, and um, it's not three hours long, and it doesn't have any songs. And then lastly, Climate of Change by Brian Hill, uh, actually quite good. I'm surprised that this thing didn't actually get theatrical distribution. This is uh, from the same producers who did Inconvenient Truth. It is narrated by Tilda Swinton, and uh, it's a a really, really impressive documentary about environmental action but from kind of a grassroots level and um, it's very very it's not like an activist film actually it's sort of a it's got a real kind of poetic flair to it and it's very much kind of an individual empowerment film and uh it's, it it's it just sort of says you know people all around the world you don't need to wait necessarily for others to take action if you feel that there's environmental damage or if you want to kind of be responsible in your in your place in the world you can you can do things and uh really uh really very well done and uh very comprehensive so um bravo Brian Hill well done and that's just a sampling of some of the cool stuff that Tribeca film has uh, released and uh we like it I
1: like it too I like
0: Tribeca Film they're, they're good people
1: you know they're, uh, that's one um, that is one film festival that is really kind of broken from the pack I mean there was
0: you know why it's, be- it's, it's through nothing but the shit it's sort of like Sundance you, you need and, the, and again this gets back to why I just think the studios are faltering these days but film is talent driven and personality driven a movie succeeds beca- not because it's done by committee but because you have a director or in many cases a producer who wills it across the finish line and you need that vision that singular vision and that personality to do it Sundance succeeded because Robert Redford insisted that it would succeed and same with Tribeca Robert De Niro will not allow it to fail and it's the force of those personalities that uh, enables those festivals to succeed
1: uh, speaking of things that don't succeed Aww. Aww. too soon The Venture Brothers completes season 4 Blu-ray yeah uh, the Venture Brothers. Uh, Adult Swim. Adult Swim, and don't get it.
0: <laughs> I know it's a broken record. We say that every time, but whatever.
1: Uh, Adult Swim has some new one about a uh, wrestling uh, wrestler.
0: Uh, and it's all
1: very gonzo, and and the way they the way yeah, it's animated, whatever. and it's uh, fast moving, and crazy, and uh, I just don't understand it. Yeah, whatever. But uh, people love the. Um, People love the Venture Brothers. There's um, 16 episodes, deleted scenes, commentary tracks. Um, you know, I don't know what to tell you. It's, I'm just not. It, a fan. It, it, I mean, you know what? Here's a, you know, the guy who directed it, Peter Chung is the guy who did, um, who created, and did the Aeon Flux. Animated from which I love. From MTV, which which is great. I
0: love. And Flux is terrific, but I just don't get this. It's not, it's not the same.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what happened between. The, yeah. You know, but then again, he's uh, doing something good. He's on. The guy's on a network. Yeah. He's getting his Blu rays put out, so. Bravo. God love him. Good for
0: him. Not, not interesting. We've got season one of Who Do You Think You Are? And i got to confess, this NBC series, which I thought would be schmaltzy crap and just a, another reality show waste of whatever, uh, actually really good i got to tell you, this is a really smart thing, and, I, and I'd love to see them do this with other than celebrities, um, but it's, it's fascinating. This is a genealogy show. Who, who knew? Um, this is, uh, they take celebrities, in this case seven different celebrities, and uh, they enable them to kind of get into the – to open up their family trees and their genealogy and find out the secrets of their forebears, and it's, it's really good, for crying out loud. Um, it's gripping. This is uh, seven episodes on two discs, and I, r- I really hope this show continues to run and run for a long time.
1: Yeah, you know what? I don't like this show. I'll tell you why. Why? Because it's another show that just makes celebrities. It just proves that celebrities get things that we don't get.
0: I know. See, like, that's the thing I, I don't like, like about it. I, I would I agree have with loved that.
1: to have had somebody go back into my past, but no, I, well, guess, that's I guess I'm not saying. a C-list celebrity.
0: That's what I'm saying. They've got to do this for regular people. And the thing is, who would watch it for just regular people? You've got to make the stories interesting. So that's what they're, they're trying to hook you with the celebrities. I think they'll eventually do this for just the average schmo. But uh, really, you know, Brooke Shields, Susan Sarandon, Spike Lee, Lisa Kudrow, Emmett Smith, Matthew Broderick, Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, and, you know, Matthew Broderick and Sarah Jessica Parker, they, uh, they get a little twofer there in the family. Uh, but really, the Susan Sarandon one and the uh, Emmett Smith uh, episodes, very, very cool. And the Spike Lee one, uh, it, it has an interesting twist in it. So, really, not bad at all. I, uh, I, I think this is terrific, and I hope this runs continuously for a very long time. Forever and ever and ever. Forever and ever. ever, and ever.
1: Uh, speaking of uh, Dead Comedians.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. You weren't speaking of Dead Comedians? You know, I, oh, I'm i kind on. of amazed. I know, but I'm kind of amazed that they would release these two on the same day. It, it You know what I mean? Too soon? Yeah, well, but it just sort of, it, there's something morbid about it. Like, both of these discs that you're going to talk about in a second, they needed to be released, but they didn't need to release them on the same day and draw that parallel. They just didn't.
1: Um, well, we are talking about, if you haven't figured it out already, Saturday Night Live has two new uh, DVDs. You know, yeah. SNL, uh, they have released a lot of these DVDs. These con- Yeah, and they've uh, re-released a
0: lot of them, like two and three times with different packaging. And I
1: really wish they would just put them in a slimline box I know. set. Yeah. It's just the worst. I, yeah. hate, I hate how they, they crap these things out. But here we have the best of John Belushi and the best of Chris Farley. The uh, John Belushi ones include some maybe you haven't seen, some you probably have. The, actually, the Star Trek one is on here, which is great. The Greek restaurant, Cheese Boyga, Cheese Boyga is on here. Uh his Joe Cocker impersonation is great. King B is kind of crazy. Uh bonus features include original screen test which is great. Um Rolling Stone magazine interview. Good stuff. Chris Farley, uh Chris Farley show. Uh <laughs> I like when you like we're liking the Beatles. <laughs> kind of like an early Beavis and yeah. almost. Yeah. Uh the Chippendales classic is there. Motivational speaker. Come on.
0: No, that's great.
1: In a van down by the river.
0: Down by the
1: it's great stuff. It's great stuff. You know what? I I, I, I do love the. I, it really depends on the celebrity. You know, I yeah, I, I, agree. I, I don't really need the best of uh, Chris Rock. In, I like Chris Rock, but I don't know if I need the best of Chris Rock. But these are great. But again, just s- s- slim line them.
0: I just Blu-ray them. All I need is the best of Sherry O'Terry. That's all I want. What? Best of Sherry O'Terry. Really? I love Sherry O'Terry. What? Sherry O'Terry did that one character, Bizarre. which is outrageously f- funny, where she's sexually suggestive about everything except she explains it, like uh, you know, I'm talking about your testicles. It's very funny. John Goodman, outrageous in that, very funny. John
1: Goodman. John Goodman of the 150 pound weight loss.
0: Yes. Uh, Mill Creek, of course, is releasing a lot of these uh, TV seasons and uh, series that have been released previously, and we're going to roll through a bunch of them here. Um, uh, hey, Vern, it's Ernest, the complete series. I know, I know. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, really? Do I really, really want to have all whopping 13 episodes of, uh, of Jim Varney? <laughs> yes, you do. Well, you know what? It was uh, it was a kids' show, and it was kind of trying to be like a redneck Pee Wee's Playhouse. But uh, you know, it, it, it's not bad. And the character, look for a character that was created to sell for local car commercials. I don't know if a lot of people even realize that, but it, you know, he the he and uh, John Cherry had an ad company, and they did all of those uh, commercials for to be. Basically used as a vehicle to promote local um, auto dealerships all around the country. So he'd crawl up on the roof and go, "Hey, Vern, have you been down to fill in the blank?" And they do mm-hmm. one for Cerritos Auto Square, and they do one for some auto dealership in Kentucky, and they do one for a auto dealership in Illinois, and they would do the exact same shtick, the same camera shtick, about you know twenty or thirty times. And each time he just mentioned a different auto dealership in a different state. And that way, these commercials never competed with each other in the same market, but you're picking up a lot of local ad money. I mean, it was a very smart business model.
1: Doritos Auto Square.
0: There you go. So a lot of people got to know him from their local commercials, and then they started making the movies and then, of course, the TV series. So uh, Jim Varney, of course, passed away uh, from – it was lung or throat cancer, whatever it was. The guy smoked unbelievably. I mean, I interviewed him. For after one of the, uh, the Ernest movies. Nicest guy in the world. Nicest guy you've ever met. But you just knew then with the voice and the cigarettes, and I was looking at him, and I'm just like, you are, you are a giant lung cancer case waiting to happen. And it, uh, it did. But anyway, uh, and then in addition to that, we also have, as it would be appropriate, a triple feature from Mill Creek of Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Goes to Jail, and Ernest Scared Stupid. Of course, these are not the Disney earnest movies. Uh, Disney got behind a few of them, and then after they stopped making money, er, Jim Varney and John Cherry went off and uh, made a few more independently, and these are three of those. So uh, it's kind of the same stuff. It's lowbrow. It's low shtick. But you know what? The kids will laugh. Why not? The kids will
1: laugh. Why not? Oh, I thought it was off at Spindle. It's not, Wade. Best of season two of Simon and Simon. Now, what's happening now I with... I always um, play the
0: theme for these, but I'm not going to do it this week because people are sick of it, I know.
1: Uh, no, uh, you know what? I'm sick of it. You know, the good folks at Shout Factory, uh, they come out with these uh, sets called TV Flashbacks, and, yeah. they're, and they're the best ofs. Yeah. So now we have 10 episodes of season two of Simon and Simon. This, well, this is, is still a,
0: Mill Creek. It's Shout Factory by way of Mill Creek.
1: Uh, that is true. Oh, yes. yeah, there it is, Mill Creek. Yeah. Um, this was an 80s uh, detective drama which Wade loved, don't get it. Jameson Parker, uh, Gerald McRaney, Ugh, forget yeah. it. I, I can't. I cannot even feign interest.
0: Twenty One Jump Street, the complete fourth season. Uh, also from Mill Creek. Uh, you know what? Uh, look,
1: a dud.
0: This is. This was the. Uh, this don't is the.
1: pretend it's not a dud.
0: Okay, this was the uh, last season that Johnny Depp was on the show. Because he's, he's a smart only, man. He was only four seasons. Somehow it felt like he did this for years and years and years. He's but a smart man. Anyway, this was his last season. So just so you know, uh, it's all about Richard Grieco in the, uh, in the fifth season. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, 21 Jump Street, so it's okay. I went to – did I I went to school with Holly Robinson as well? Mm. Yeah, I know. What am I doing here?
1: Yeah, why are you hosting this show, Wade?
0: I don't know. And then rounding out the uh, Mill Creek stuff before we jump into real movies – uh, Stingray, the complete series. I know, a lot of you think, really, Stingray? Like, I barely even remember it. You know what? Nick Mancuso is a pretty good actor, and uh, th- th- this thing only ran for 25 seasons, but look, what the? hey, you know, it's better than a lot of stuff that's on TV today, and uh, it even has, uh, you know, it's nice to see some of these actors that you recognize from other stuff. Curtwood Smith is in here and Laurie Petty and Ray Wise. I mean it's got, you know, some it's got some decent cred. Steam uh, Ray? Yeah, why not? Ugh. Wait, come on. Up your game. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's a little... You get nostalgic about the crap stuff after it's been off the air for a few years. Uh, season 1, Volume 1 of 30-something. This is also from the TV flashbacks uh, agreement between Shout and uh, Mill Creek. Uh, it's interesting because this, <laughs> this is a show... The rights to the show... I'm not sure how this deal works. First of all, these are, these are just the first half of the, uh, the first season. But the rights to this are held by MGM which distrib- distributes through 20th Century Fox on DVD, but they Fox went and did an output deal with Shout, who then sublicensed for distribution to Mill Creek. So the result is that you have something here that, w- that, that is sending money to MGM and Fox and Shout Factory, and somehow Mill Creek makes enough pennies off of it to make it worthwhile. But uh, that being said, 30-something is a great show. It uh, ages very well. Terrific cast still really good and I think the world of this show and even though they're splitting the first season into two halves uh, you know what uh, it's worth it definitely check it out and then lastly also in that uh, TV flashbacks uh, arrangement and this time from Sony by way of Shout Factory by way of Mill Creek is uh, My Two Dads this is a 10 episode set and um, you know what I struggle with this show. I want to like it more than, than I really should. Um, Dick, Dick Butkus really starts to annoy me after a while. Greg Evigan, what's that guy doing now? He's BJ and the Bear. And then.
1: Uh, and then what happened to? I don't know. After that, that, that amazing zenith, that cultural zenith yeah. of BJ and the Bear.
0: Yeah, and then Paul Reiser. And the funniest thing about this to me, Mark. Mm-hmm. This is why we like to get things in the, in the retail packaging because it shows you how professionally they're put together. Um, Paul Reiser. How do you spell Paul Reiser's name?
1: Um. Okay. Paul Reiser's name. Well, which, which name? The first name or the second name? The second name.
0: Reiser. How do you spell Reiser?
1: I believe it is uh, R-E-I-S-E-R.
0: Okay. Who's this guy that they're talking about in the back?
1: Paul Recider?
0: There you go. Paul Rezider. Oh, my God.
1: I mean, honestly. Way to proofread. (laughs) Who was that? Mill Creek did that? That's Mill Creek.
0: You know, you're you're a public domain house. You you don't have a lot of money for uh, proofreading, copy editing.
1: My favorite Paul Reiser role ever, Aliens.
0: You know it. Yeah, I know. He was great in it. It was terrific. Really good.
1: Uh, You know what's uh, not really good? Scary Movie 4 Now you know There was a time There's
0: a Scary Movie 4
1: Yes There was a time Back uh, in the olden days When you had The Naked Gun films You had the airplane uh, films And uh, They were really funny And uh, Even some of the films The Scary Movie series Way back when even, even some of those films Were okay But now you're getting Into like Scary Movie 4 And even though They brought back David Zucker for this one Which seems like Oh my god What pedigree um, it's, just, it's just It's just Ultimate lame and uh, this is a Scary Movie 4. Special features include uh, nothing. Who cares? It's not funny. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly. Folks, not even on Blu-ray? I mean, unrated on. and uncensored? I mean, come on, folks. No. Seriously. This, here is the question.
0: Dr. Phil and Shaq and... It looks like it should be the funniest thing ever. Gosh, I can't imagine. Sorry, go on.
1: Wade. Tell me. Here's, here's what I I know have. where we're here's, going. Here's what I have for you. I know. I have... Uh, one of the world's most glamorous and beautiful actresses. Yes. I have one of the world's most uh, desirable, uh, handsome, international, famous men.
0: Yes. Well, whom we just mentioned from his uh, final series television. Yes. Se- yeah.
1: I have uh, action
0: yes. and romance. Yes.
1: I have uh, amazing, gorgeous uh, locales.
0: An Oscar-winning director.
1: An Oscar-winning director. It sounds like a home run. I yeah. mean, this thing is amazing.
0: You're talking like a studio executive. Wow. That's Studio Exec 101.
1: You know what? Let's make the tourist. It Uh-oh. can't lose.
0: <laughs> it got two Golden Globe nominations. It's
1: got that's a, no three. Oh,
0: well, three. That's best right. Best actor, actress, best actress. And, and best comedy or musical. Yes,
1: although uh, all, <laughs> although they say best motion picture on the Blu-ray
0: packaging. Yeah, you know what? It, it was best comedy or musical, even though it ain't funny and it ain't got no music. It, so I'm not sure how it wound up in that. Oh, I know. They wanted to get Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt to their dinner.
1: That's right. Yeah,
0: that's what it was.
1: And you know what? Why? Why? How come people don't see through that anymore? I don't know. So how bad is a film yeah. that stars Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp in these exotic <laughs> locales in some sort of like North by Northwesty sort of thriller? How bad must it be for them to totally tank this thing?
0: I, you know what? It had a bad script. That's what it was. It was, it just, it was not a good script, not a good idea. Uh, but if you are... It doesn't
1: f- have to be. You know what? It's Jolie and Depp with a hole in their schedule. And, and, and here's the it.
0: thing. Here's the thing. I mean, the... The way that this script was thrown together, I, these, are, these are really good screenwriters. Uh, it was ultimately directed by Florian Henkel von Donnersmark, who, of course, directed uh, the, uh, the, lives the, of the Lives of Others, the amazing uh, Oscar-winning film. And uh, you look at this, and Julian Fellows, I mean, this is if you decipher the writing credits, Julian Fellows took a whack at this. And then Christopher McQuarrie took a whack at it. Now, those are two Oscar-winning screenwriters. And then von Donnersmark himself took a whack at it. I mean, he's an Oscar-winning director and writer, and yet somehow it just sucked gas. And uh, somewhere in there, things just went really, really, really wrong. And uh, it's unfortunate. It's too bad, because it really should have been great. Don't know what happened. But anyway, uh, you know what? I actually think this is... uh, Look, notwithstanding the fact that the film blows, it's a very, very good uh, Blu-ray transfer.
1: Oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, Yeah. It's very nice. But the problem is, in order to see that transfer, you have to watch the movie.
0: (laughs) Um, Finally on Blu-ray, for crying out loud. And we're going to be saying that for a couple of years as all of these great movies finally make it to Blu-ray. Stand By Me, 25th Anniversary Edition. Thank you, finally, at long last. You know, uh, I was not a huge fan of Stand By Me at the time, but it's really grown on me. It is a terrific job of directing by Rob Reiner from a short story by Stephen King, a short story that is not a horror story. It's a coming-of-age story, and that coming-of-age story uh, introduced us to the incredible talents of a young River Phoenix. Now, he had done other things, but he really nailed it in this movie. Jerry O'Connell is, uh, is fat and not very sexy. Corey Feldman is, uh, is adorable and not yet into uh, all the weird, freaky, disgusting stuff that he is now. And uh, Kiefer Sutherland makes a really, really great uh, appearance as the, uh, the very scary bully. Uh, this is a great film from the 80s and it is a classic uh, John Cusack's in it as well as is Richard Dreyfuss and uh, I, I just it's a, it's a great film what can you say it looks great on Blu-ray they did a wonderful transfer Sony uh, took a lot of time with it audio commentary with Rob Reiner a great uh, com- a great uh, featurette on here and uh, there's, uh, the, there's a picture-in-picture commentary that features uh, Rob Reiner and Corey Feldman along with unfortunately the one actor I haven't mentioned because I cringe mentioning him, because even though he's really good in this, I'm sorry, Mark, Will Wheaton, to me, it will forever be Wesley Crusher.
1: God, I hated that character. Yeah, I know. Everybody hated that character. That character was made to be hated.
0: But great movie, right? Blu-ray, finally.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a Stand By Me. It's a what song.
0: It? That's right.
1: It's called uh, Stairway to Heaven.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course it is.
1: Skyline was a uh, Skyline...
0: Oh bloody hell
1: was a uh, was they didn't it?
0: make this available to us to see uh this didn't screen for critics no at theatrical release which is always a good sign yeah that's a
1: really uh, good sign. skyline was actually a pickup by Universal. they did not make this film, and uh, it is incredibly cheesy in fact, you know what it has a lot of uh, parallels to another alien invasion film that is uh wending its way to the theaters uh battle l a
0: which is actually battle Los Angeles
1: yes. But Skyline, actually, I, I will tell you that Battle uh, Los Angeles is better than Skyline. But we're talking uh, marginally, know, marginally, and we're yeah. not talking about great films here. Um, Battle uh, Skyline is about um, uh,
0: alien invasion.
1: It's so bad, <laughs> and then and then you know the end of this film has, has a twist that makes like no sense. I know, I, I can't give it away.
0: It's 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 absurd
1: but uh special features include you know what thing is is that it's on DVD and Blu-ray and i have to say that because this is such a low budget film the Blu-ray doesn't look that great you know it's not uh it's it's low budget it's got some nice effects you know you can do so much for you can do so much for so little now with special effects if you look at uh District 9 and Monsters and these sorts of films but still the Blu-ray not that great feature commentary deleted scenes uh, pre-visualizations which are always nice to uh, see how they made the effects but ultimately uh, it's just not that great a film
0: Boo Boo, Boo you Skyline it. you know uh, we love Kino no we don't Oh, yes, we do. Okay. We love Keno. Okay. Kino uh, has released uh, previously a lot of great Buster Keaton films, and we now have the ultimate edition of Our Hospitality, not just on DVD. Oh, no, not just on DVD, but on Blu-ray. Now, Our Hospitality is one of Buster Keaton's very best films, and you could really see that, say that about all of Buster Keaton's films. They're all among his best because they're all great. I mean, it's like Chaplin. The guy could do no wrong. And uh, it is, uh, it's a, he plays his typical sad sack guy who... Uh, Thinks he's getting a great big inheritance, which turns out to be a shack. And then there are all kinds of romantic struggles that ens- ensue. And, of course, it's uh, really just designed around a lot of very clever set pieces that are amazing. And his physical abilities as a stuntman, as an actor, as a comic are just extraordinary. You just ca- you- you cannot imagine how much fun this movie is to watch. Uh, Carl Davis and the uh, Thames Silence Orchestra do the score. Which is sounds absolutely terrific. Um, the movie looks great in DVD and in Blu-ray. I got to tell you, there's there's nothing wrong with either of them. Uh, obviously, you got to recommend the Blu-ray, but uh, you can't go wrong either way. Now, the Blu-ray is 1080i. It is not 1080p. It's I want to emphasize that Why do because that? I don't know. Some people may have an issue with that, but it is 1080i. So it's it's you know kind of the second tier high def. Um, I wish it weren't, but, it you know, look, most television is 720i, so television HD, it's it's better than that. Uh, I wish they'd done 1080p, but who knows. Anyway, uh, some great uh, color-tinted sequences. There's uh, a little 19-minute thing here called The Iron Mule, which kind of corresponds in a way, and then a documentary on the making of the film, uh, which is really, really, really good. And then uh, a thing here called Hospitality, which is an interesting kind of... Uh, alternate cut of the film which I was unaware of and it actually has a little uh, intro that explains how all that came to be but you can't go wrong with the movie I mean never mind never mind the fact that it's 1080i or that the DVD is just you know 480i it's great either way you can't go wrong Mark Mark, how about how about some uh, listener mail do we have listener mail I got some listener mail
1: well read it up sucker. yeah
0: baby I got some listener mail uh, Alex Weiss writes us and said I hope sometime on the show you mentioned that John Barry passed away I have mostly just listened to his work on the Bond movies but based on that I think his work and contribution to movie music is up there with John Williams and Danny Elfman see, see me personally I, I actually think he's better than John Williams and Danny Elfman anyway. really oh I do John Barry yeah, really, John Barry's just phenomenal, dude. Think of the scores he's done. Out of Africa. Ugh, I mean, somewhere in time, all the way back, all the Bond films. B- Born Free. I mean, it's just Born uh, Free. Ugh, so good. As free as. A- anyway, uh, Alex also agrees with you that uh, First Contact is a good movie, and he goes on to say, uh want to make some Star Trek points here." Says uh, Insurrection was more of a civil rights philosophical plot, and I that would thing defend. Sucked. All the Star Trek movies, except for the final next Gen 1, Nemesis, which had a good idea, but poor execution. Confusing story. And um, he thinks the cast was acting like they did it more for the paycheck. Movie felt like the series was just treading, uh, treading water.
1: Well, actually, no, well, Nemesis uh, killed the series. I know. I mean, that was a big bomb. It did. I mean, that made, that, that made Out the Door, mm-hmm. domestic, first release, barely made 50.
0: Lenny Timmons writes, Hey, DigGods, longtime listener here. Notice you guys talking, I mean complaining a lot about how the upcoming Blu-ray releases of Star Wars will not be the original theatrical cuts. If Lucas is good at nothing else, he's good at making money. Uh, and how he will get people to double-dip in Blu-ray if he shoots the whole thing in the first go-around. I bet this will play out just like DVDs did where we get the special edition. First, two years later, he then appeases the fans by putting out the original cuts. Just like he did in 2006, even though we were told in 1996 that the original films would never be released. Um, you know what? He's, uh, he, he may be right. I mean, Lucas has certainly run everybody through this ringer enough times that we kind of know his drill. But um, anyway, he says another tidbit. These transfers for Blu-ray are the same as the 2004 DVD release because they said at the time the films were scanned in 1080p specifically for future HD releases. Interesting. Email from Jason Lair says two recent movies, Monsters and Vanishing on 7th Street, have been available on iTunes and VOD outlets before their theatrical release. What's the studio thinking behind this new paradigm? Is it working? Is it the start of a trend for second tier movies? What do you think, Mark?
1: Uh, You start. I was on the computer. No, no no I was looking, I was <laughs> okay. looking at something it wasn't well being... he's saying
0: he's saying that the two recent movies have been available on iTunes and VOD before their theatrical release is that a new paradigm
1: well definitely VOD I yeah. mean you've got films now you know Magnolia they, You know, for a while Magnolia's been doing day and date yeah you know DVD or VOD that I, I don't know that that's really working all that well now you've got ones like the Natalie Portman film The Other Woman that came out a couple months ago a couple weeks ago that was VOD for a week and then it got released theatrically yeah so they're, they're 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 toying with these windows now they're toying with the release patterns they're
0: trying everything they can to find something that'll work and then Chris Claro says ye gods must point out an error in episode 177 all the president's men did indeed have a score a slight sinister one by David Shire the other best picture nominee that was scoreless was Dog Day Afternoon with the only music being the Elton John tune that opens the film yours in godliness Chris Claro how about that Dog Day Afternoon I never realized it had no score Only Um, an Elton John tune
1: I love Dog Day Afternoon And I knew that Because I love that film I love that film I love Dog Day Afternoon Attica Attica When are they coming out With that on Blu-ray I want Here's what I want With the exception of The Wiz I want every Sidney Lumet film On Blu-ray That's what I want Wade make that happen
0: Why don't you want The Wiz Oh come on It's a good film Get on down the road Ease on down the road. Uh, that's right. Ease on down the road. A uh, little Roger corman is here. Roger Corman's cult classics, a double feature of Jackson County Jail and Caged Heat. Um, you know, uh, this series, which is all being released by Shout Factory, you've got to know this about Corman's films. Some of them are crap, and some of them are really good. And the only thing that makes this distinctive is that Caged Heat was written and directed by Jonathan Demme, who at the time, honestly, nobody would ever imagine he would go on to become an Academy Award-winning director. Uh, Or documentarian, for that matter. Uh, You know, he was just schlocking it up in the Corman factory. But um, Caged Heat has some campy moments that make it okay. It's uh, you know otherwise Jonathan Demme did a lot of these women in prison films for Corman. That was sort of his specialty ghetto, and that's the only reason to check this out. Uh, Jackson County Jail is pretty forgettable, apart from the fact that it has a uh, an, an aging Yvette Mimieux in it who uh, is wonderful. I just love Yvette Mimieux, and uh, all the way up to. Uh, The Black Hole, I thought she was terrific, as far back as The Time Machine. But why she's in this movie, you can only imagine she was having a hard time getting work. Oh, yeah, did I mention that uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Carradine are in this, too? Terrible, both of them. Um, And uh, if you're a fan of WKRP in Cincinnati, you'll uh, spot Howard Hessman in here as well. But not a good movie, by any means. Uh, I gotta tell you, Jackson County Jail? Mm, no. And, uh... Here we go, finishing off our Corman coverage. We have a little thing here called Sharktopus on both DVD and on eh. Blu-ray.
1: Well, these are all those those sci-fi films that yeah they've, they've sci-fi has really reinvented itself with these uh, cheesy monster movies. I know, and I don't like it because you know what I don't I'm, either. You know, I'm sure they do well, blah blah blah, but you know what? It just devalues the brand.
0: It does. It's terrible.
1: It makes it. I guess it's fun and blah. It just I don't like it.
0: No, it, it you know sci-fi was supposed to have a certain level of legitimacy to it and uh this really robert Corm- roger Corman is just putting his name on here as a present deal and uh eh, you know it's whatever it's it's kind of like the Maneater series from anchor bay it's and this is by the way is released by anchor bay so it's got a certain uh, similar um uh, lineage but you know really sharktopus i mean the name tells you everything you need good grief
1: well look it, it knows what it is
0: yeah it's an eric roberts movie
1: I just I'm a little disappointed that sci-fi is going this
0: way. I know. You know, I it, agree. It,
1: it, here's the thing: it will be different if uh, sci-fi slipped this stuff under the radar for fun in between Battlestar Galactica Emmys and whatnot. But they really, this is part of their identity now. Doing these films has become just as much a part of their identity as Battlestar Galactica and Caprica and all these other good, all, all, all these these other good adult shows. Yeah. All right, whatever. Uh, the Fighter, Wade, The Fighter. On Blu-ray, this movie... Uh, they didn't
0: waste any time with that, did they?
1: They really didn't. Uh, this movie uh, resurrected David O. Russell's career. And nobody saw this come... I have to say, I found... Um, I'm not a huge fan of this film. I think it's fine. But uh, I found it's, the amount of critical acclaim it received was surprising. You know, I was...
0: It's because uh, nothing else was out there. I, I mean, there wasn't. It was, you know, it, it. People, people thought, "Wow, it's competent."
1: That's what it is. It, you know <laughs> yeah. what? You you get the sense that everybody involved is very committed, and somehow it's just not coming together as a film that is is, is any singular tale or anything that really is rousing or beyond cliche, you know, or, or no, above No, it's it's, it's it's
0: a boxing movie, and it's fine. Yeah, that's and, it, and, and that's it.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh uh. Christian Bale won an Oscar for his over the. I I
0: I, guess, I didn't like this performance at all.
1: I guess we're in the minority. I just thought yeah. he was, you know, and that's David. The you know what? And I'm I'm not sure if David O. Russell didn't have the guts to tell Christian Bale to calm down, or whether that was that was what they agreed upon. But I don't know. Obviously, we're in the minority because he won an Oscar. Yeah. All I right. just don't get the fighter. Uh, Blu-ray looks great though. Um, it's a pretty down and dirty, gritty film, so it's not like you're gonna get a whole uh, crazy, uh, you know, Blu-ray uh, benefit from it. Yeah. So there you go. That's the fighter. I was a fan of Mega Mind. I liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, there's a Blu-ray DVD combo pack, a Mega Double Pack they call it, of uh, Mega Mind. Uh, this is Will Ferrell has a lot of fun uh, as the uh, title character, who's a villain who becomes a hero, and it's good stuff. I liked it. The um, some of these extras are in. Um, are in HD which is nice including like some of the featurettes meet the cast and, uh, and whatnot that's good stuff but uh, Megamind uh, I liked it I did Brad Pitt funny in it Tina Fey funny in it
0: yeah I uh, I didn't see it didn't see it but uh, I, I have uh, taken a look at some of the extras which are cute um, and the nice thing about the extras I have to say is that they're almost all in HD which you can
1: know, you read that yeah sure
0: because I wear glasses I don't I don't know. wear glasses. You need to get glasses. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Not going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. It's you can't help it. Give me that. I'll take that.
1: Yeah, why not? Uh
0: the switch with Jennifer Aniston and Jason Bateman, let me just point out this um this was a Miramax film. Now, this was a Miramax film at a time when Miramax was being slowly killed by Disney and uh it just, you know, it doesn't in any way resemble anything that should have the Miramax moniker on it. the The idea here is that uh, Jason Bateman and Jennifer Aniston are um, they're best friends, but uh, they're not those they're not friends in that way. And she wants to get pregnant, and uh, there's a whole weird little psychotic switcheroo whereby she does get pregnant, but with his. Seed. Um, and that, of course, has interesting consequences. The movie is not as terrible as you would expect it to be. It sounds like one of those horrible romantic comedies where somebody just cooked up a high concept. Idea and said, wouldn't this be hysterical? And it really isn't. Uh, it doesn't really work. Uh, but it's not as it's not just horribly dreadful. Now it's written by Alan Loeb, who's a real screenwriter, and who really should have written a much better script. But uh, you know what? It's on Blu-ray. We only got to look at it on Blu-ray. Does it deserve to be on Blu-ray? Not really. Best thing about this is Jeff Goldblum, as as in everything he does, he steals every scene that he's in. He's terrific. He's funny, but he's also menacing. In one scene in particular, where he really, really unleashes. And, uh, you know, then you got uh, Juliette Lewis, who's kind of doing her, like, crazy girlfriend walkthrough, and uh, that's all right. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe marginal rental.
1: You know what, it's not a great film, but I, I, I do agree that uh, it was better than I ever thought it would. Yeah. Be, had a right to be.
0: The uh, Warner Archive collection, which of course these are, uh, they they burn these for you as you order them. You can find out more at warnerarchive.com. Uh, they send us certain uh, high-profile titles as they kind of float through. And uh, this one, I'm surprised that they didn't do as a straight up, you know, regular mass produced DVD because this film has some credential. This has some following to it. Uh, this is Humphrey Bogart and Barbara Stanwyck in The Two Mrs. Carrolls. Now, The Two Mrs. Carols from 1947 is actually uh you know, it's it's a it's a pretty good movie overall. Is it one of the best that you you know, it's not a great film by Humphrey Bogart standards or by Barbara Stanwyck standards, but it's got a lot of great drama in it and uh you know, it, it, is it. You know, maybe it's it's a, like a tier below Rebecca, I would say, and below Laura films of that sort. Uh, it's in kind of the same vein. And uh, it's a little quasi-noir, but really, if you like these stars, you're going to want to check this out. Um, It is, you know, I don't know how easy it is to rent, uh, but you can certainly stream it uh, off of the Archive Collection site, warnerarchive.com. But I think most people are going to want to own this because this is a film that's worth uh, having a 1940s movie night. Definitely do so. And uh, then a few things just to wrap out the, uh, some of the new movie titles. Boathouse Detectives is a so-so family film from uh, MTI. Now, MTI mostly does straight-to-video stuff. Uh, a lot of it kind of low-brow. Some of it actually pretty good. And uh, this is, I think, on the upper end of that. Now, the guy who directed this, um, Eric Hendershot, whom I've never heard of before, apparently has kind of some cachet with this because he has done movies previously kind of in the same family vein, Clubhouse Detectives and Horse Crazy. Mark, have you heard of either of those?
1: Nope.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, anyway. Um, it, this tries to sort of uh, concoct a bit of a derivative classic story um, wherein there's, well, it's basically about a bunch of kids who are you know trying to be detectives. And uh, it's cute. You know, the actors are not bad and the uh, you know, Hendershot seems to have a certain flair for this type of thing. So uh, you know, it's interesting. This is made by Artist View Entertainment, and I always walk by their suite at the AFM and I never really pay attention to what they're selling. Maybe I should.
1: Maybe you shouldn't.
0: All right. Mark, did you see the people I've slept with? Uh,
1: I don't know, Wade. How many
0: people would that be? But um bum. Don't Squiggles. say I never don't say I never do anything for you. Uh, the People I Slept With was, was a very, rather controversial uh, indie film at a certain point last year. And, uh, I you know, I don't know that it deserve It's not that good, but it doesn't really deserve to be controversial either. Uh, directed by Quentin Lee. And we all know who Quentin Lee is, don't we? He
1: directed, uh, he directed something I heard of. Honestly, no. I'm not kidding.
0: No, he directed The People I Slept With.
1: I'm looking at I'm looking him. Yeah. He did direct something I've heard no, of. No, he's directed
0: a few other things. Um, anyway, it, you know what? This is one of those movies... How do you put this? This is one of those movies that is that sort of tries to... Um, it tries to shine a new light on promiscuity and somehow find and illuminate the whole subject of human relations and relationships in the process. And I think...
1: Wait, he directed nothing I've heard of. Really? No.
0: No, he did. I no, know he, he did. did. Yeah, he did. Oh, well,
1: he directed uh, Flow. That's it. No, stop it. Shopping for Fangs.
0: That's it. Drift. There you go. Ethan Mao. There you go.
1: And 0506HK.
0: There you go. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a, he's a very impressive filmography. Uh, no, this is, the, you know, the, the thing here, a lot of these movies have been about, uh, you know, we've had uh, a few movies, uh, Baby Mama, and uh, what, what's, what are some of the other fertility comedies that we've had?
1: Oh, Baby Baby Mama.
0: No, no, there, there's been a few of them. The switch. Uh, this, well, that's that's certainly one. Uh, that horrendous thing with uh, Baby Mama. Exactly. Anyway, uh, oh gosh, you know, Baby Mama. Whatever. I had to talk about this thing on radio. I can I don't. I don't know how I. How, I don't even know how I got a, a single word out edgewise I, on it. Just
1: um, you are you got, a, you got a
0: vamp sometimes.
1: Exactly. All
0: right, and then uh, we got a few minutes left. How about some docs, Mark? Uh, sure. We got a couple of 3D IMAX Blu-ray docs here. The Ultimate Wave, Tahiti 3D, and uh, Dinosaurs, Giants of Patagonia in 3D. Um... You know what? Honestly, if you're if you've got a, uh, a if you're one of those people who has a 3D high definition television set and a 3D Blu-ray player, and you're looking for something to put on it, I, I'm not going to recommend any of these studio films to you. Stuff like this, I will recommend because it's kind of done intentionally to show off all of those aspects and not necessarily to tell a story. Now, um, dinosaurs, Giants, Patagonia, in 3D. Um, if you saw it in IMAX, if you um, were kind of wowed by it in IMAX. You might be moderately wowed by it in the home environment. All the CGI dinosaurs and then all of the uh, documentary stuff in there—that's meant to be very educational and kind of wowing at the same time. You know what? It—it it honestly kind of works. It really does. The—the uh, uh, the ultimate wave Tahiti 3D, uh, less impressive. Um, and that's probably why... Now, mind you, both of these also come with a regular Blu-ray, so you don't. You, you, it's not like you have no choice but to watch them in 3D. The, uh, but I'll tell you, it, it, you have to be a surfing fan to really vibe to this. Uh, the 3D aspect of it, not quite as impressive. A few interesting shots. I, I, look, everybody knows I hate 3D, but I'll, I'll give them credit. They actually do pull off a few things where you kind of cock your head and go, well, that was interesting. Not great for storytelling, but if you're a surfer, you'll it'll make you want to go out and go surfing. And uh, look, Kelly Slater, you know the guy is kind of like the god of uh, of world surfing. And uh, he, yeah, I, I'm I'm on board. I'm on board the Kelly Slater machine, the Kelly the Kelly Slater train. What do you think, Mark? Kelly, Kelly Slater. Slater? You on board? You surfer?
1: I don't I am not a surfer. I tried okay. to surf once.
0: Did you really? Oh I know that. I you tried to surf once with that dude that they made the documentary about that you crazy Surf-wise. That's right.
1: With the eight brothers. Yeah. I went down to their, to their surf school and they tried to teach me to surf. Didn't it didn't work. I don't like yeah, the look ocean. At you. Look at I don't you, like the man. ocean. I don't like surfing. I don't like it.
0: Uh, we got some PBS documentaries here as well that are really, really good. Frontline did the battle for Haiti, rebuilding in the face of gang violence and corruption. Uh, you know what? Haiti, it's funny now. We have such short attention spans. Uh, Haiti had that horrible, horrible, horrible earthquake, and uh, that was over a year ago now, and everybody just kind of forgot about it. I mean, they are still rebuilding. They, this country is still devastated. Everybody kind of made their donations and then forgot about them, and uh, this is a look at really some of the the struggles of rebuilding the society because it's almost like in many places a Mad Max world down there I mean it's it's amazing Um, so bravo to Frontline for that one and then uh, can we live forever new technology for a longer life this is a uh, Nova Science Now production and it gets into some really interesting science you know I once had some people say to me look we'll eventually cure death there's no reason why we can't live forever and I thought yeah whatever and um well, you know, hey, uh, you actually can keep some things going forever, cars and, and, and technically people. And this gets into all of that. It's really a very, very interesting uh, scientific journey through what you might think is crazy theory, but it's not. It's not wacky. And then also from the so- uh, Nova Science Now series is how smart are animals? And, of course, they put a, uh, a dolphin on the cover because dolphins, as we all know, are more intelligent than people. They are uh, dolphins, you know. They have their own little world down there with little nuclear reactors and uh, and stuff all at the bottom of the ocean. You know that, don't you? I do not. Sure, you do. Uh, there are uh, four little segments on here: How to Smarter Dogs, How Smarter Dolphins, How Smart Is an Octopus, and uh, Irene Pepperberg and Alex. Go ahead, Mark. Ask me who's Irene Pepperberg.
1: Who's Irene Pepperberg?
0: Ask me who Alex is. Who's Alex? Her parrot. Huh? I used to want to be a
1: dolphin trainer when I was a kid.
0: Yeah.
1: I used to go to, to, to Marine Land. Now, Marine Land was an old SeaWorld-type knockoff that was much closer than San Diego from where I lived. And I used to go to Marine Land with my father. And I used to uh, uh, not only did I go to the dolphin show, but I used to go behind the scenes after the dolphin show was over to play with the dolphins. Not in the pool, but I would throw them a sure. the, the little ball. Yeah. And I wanted to be a dolphin trainer. That was, one of my first, that was one of the first jobs I have to I love Marineland.
0: I really enjoyed Marineland. That was good times. Wait. I, think we, I think we all grew up with Marineland, didn't we?
1: It seems like we've been doing the show for like an hour and a half.
0: I know it does, doesn't it? Gosh. Well, you know, this, these are kind of the, the, this is the, the doldrums of the, the DVD release schedule. Once summer rolls around, we start getting more interesting stuff. And we're going to be getting the King's Speech and a lot of other Oscar winners uh, in the coming weeks. So things are going to heat up. Things will heat up. Things will heat up all right uh, with that we're gonna wrap this up please uh, visit our Facebook pages at uh, for uh, Digigods and for stupid for movies also visit stupid for movies Thursday nights eight o'clock Pacific time our movie show and uh, go to stupidformovies.com, com, youtube.com slash stupid for movies we got sights coming out of our eyes and ears it's uh, we're a regular cottage industry as the Digigods, aren't we aren't we uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. You're the other half of this 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 game.
1: I'm the cottage
0: cheese. And we are cancelled. So goodnight oh. everybody. The end. <laughs> the end.